Welcome in Iowa Hawkeye fans to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. Our several month hiatus is over. We always do it during the summer months. We never intentionally mean to do it, but Iowa usually steps on their dick in the NCAA tournament and morale is low and that was the same story for this year. Joey Stin, how are we doing? Yeah, it was a much needed hiatus after that uh, ending to the NCAA tournament. Um, uh-huh. apologies, apologies for not being here for you in a difficult time, but that was. Let's uh, be honest, we weren't talking to anybody off the ledge after that game, so no. probably no. not. Probably not a horrible thing that we didn't speak, but hey, you know it's always feels like it always feels good to be back. Uh, you know, ready to kick off this new season, hitting the ground running. The weather's nice, best time of the year right now, so you can't complain. The best best thing about that game to me is. I only really remember, like, the first 10 minutes of gameplay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and Joey got accidentally blacked out during that game. During the course of that game with one of our uh, coworkers, it was ridiculous. One of our elder statesmen, if you will. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, that was just – okay, so Iowa step lost to Richmond. Terrible game. Just all-around bad effort. And then uh, the women made it to the second round and then lost to Creighton, correct? Yes. And then they the – all- they stepped on their figurative dicks in that one. Correct, correct. And then wrestling only had one person wrestling for a natty. So, like, it was just a terrible way, terrible way to end the spring. But you know what? We've turned the the to the summer months here. We're almost to August, approaching one month until football. Uh, but in the last two and a half weeks, there's just been – I wanted to record like at the end of June, and Joey's like, "No, let's wait till we get back from vacation that we take every summer." And sure as shit, uh, right again, it was Merry Christmas. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, we got football and basketball. What do you want to talk about first? The basketball is not as important, but let's let's do the basketball. You want, yeah. you want to start with hoops? All what right. Do you wanna, who- Whom so, do you want to start with? I so feel big, like there's there's the one big story in basketball, right? I mean, there's a couple smaller things going on, but I feel like the biggest one is Keegan Murray being drafted number four overall in the NBA draft and subsequently just absolutely lighting it up in the summer league. Yeah, I mean, what he he went number four and then Ivy went five, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Suck it, Ivy. Yeah, and then there was that picture of the top three picks, and they didn't get Keegan in it, and then they put Ivy in, and then just like they said, the future or whatever. Oh, that just pissed me off. I mean, I don't think Ivy's going to be that good. I think he's always been kind of a selfish ball player, but and you kind of got that sense while at Purdue as well. I mean, he the, the games against us, at least, he didn't impress me very much. No, but I watched a lot of Purdue ball last year, and he's really good. I'm... We're, what, 10 games into NBA Summer League? For anybody to be out here saying, like, all it's it's ridiculous to try to be like, oh, after their first couple Summer League games, these guys are going to be all-stars or whatever. I mean, they're not playing against the normal league competition anyway, but, like, I don't even want to get into that conversation here because this is just, just strictly, we fucking told you so, Keegan Murray is an absolute stud section of the podcast. It crushes me that he went to the fucking seller of nba basketball that is the sacramento kings but the he's I, gonna be a star the kings have a nice team now they're they, they're in they, yeah they got they got De'Aaron fox demontis sabonis 
They just got Kevin Herter. They got um, Keegan. They got some – they're sending Richwan Holmes. He's pretty good. They, I mean, they're not going to be a playoff team, I'd bet, but they'll be a thorn in some teams' sides. If you said they got to the play-in tournament, I'd, like as a 10, I could see that as the 10 yeah. seed. Haven't they not made the playoffs since like 2003 or some shit like that? Since they lost in the Western Conference Finals, I believe. I don't know, but I'll be damned if I'm not watching them 80% of the time they're on. Well, they like three <laughs> times a season. No, I got I got Uzu. I watch every. I can watch oh every yeah, that's game. true. But uh, yeah, and Keegan right away. I mean, his first game, what did he have? Twenty six and eight, and then in one of his last games, they were down by six with seven seconds to go. A guy for the Kings splashes a three. Keegan gets the steal on the inbounds pass and hits a three to tie it with like point two seconds left. Like that's just what that is. What he is. He is a very pro ready player, and like. I think Jay Billis and people like that were saying that as well when they were scouting him leading up to the NBA draft. But, I mean, he still has a long ways to go. But this should silence some of the haters of Iowa doesn't have any talent in the NBA for at least the moment. Imagine if they hadn't – I mean, I don't know how they got this pick. It's probably just because they suck. But (laughs) imagine if they hadn't traded – Buddy Heald and Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton. Yeah, they'd have so many nasty young guys. Yeah, they would. But um, didn't didn't uh, Buddy get the bag from the Pacers, or am I imagining that? I don't know if he ever uh, got paid. I'm sure he. Uh, NBA probably... contracts are insane. So even like Buddy Heald is good, but he's not like incredible. But I'm sure he still got a fucking a truckload. I don't know. Um. <laughs> But like you were saying about, like, the Fran doesn't have talent in the NBA, like, there's very few schools out there that consistently produce talent that's, like, on NBA rosters all the time. Like, there's very few Dukes and Kentuckys and Kansases and North Carolinas of the world. Like, there's not that many teams that are consistently putting NBA players onto rosters right out of college, and... Some of these guys might be D-League or fighting for spots or whatever, but like within the recent past from Iowa basketball, you've got Keegan as kind of the headliner being drafted number four. You got Luca Garza who was playing like regular season games for the Pistons last year. You have Joe Wieskamp who was playing for the Spurs last year. Um, I saw Jared Utoff is still like on a D-League roster, like still fighting for a spot. Tyler Cook is out there. Is he still with? He's with the Bulls now, right? Yeah, I think he's a free agent actually. Okay. Well, either way, like. Even if, like, most of those guys are not, like, for sure roster guys, but, like, the fact that there's that many recent Hawkeyes that are, like, still relevant enough that, like, they're getting two-way contracts, 10-day contracts, they're up and down, like, that's a pretty good testament to the state of the Iowa basketball program as it currently stands, because... That's five guys that I just named off with that went through the program within the last five years that are either on or vying for NBA roster spots currently. There's not a lot of schools that can say that. And next year we should have another entering the NBA, but thankfully Chris decided to stay with the Hawkeyes. That was another note I had because that's a that's a big piece coming back. I don't know if I I doubt, doubt he can be Keegan what Keegan did this year because what Keegan did was insane. But even if he's three quarters of that, even if he is a little more physical when he drives to the lane, like he can be a huge presence on the floor for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's gonna Chris is gonna be very good. Like he 
everybody always said his development was just kind of one year behind Keegan since they got onto the roster, which seems to be the case at this point in time. And I think that Chris is going to be good. It's just going to be difficult, like, managing expectations for him because, like, since they, like, are identical twins, they play the same position, like, they do so many similar things, the easy thing for us Iowa fans to do is just going to be, like, saying, oh, he's going to be Keegan. And then, like, if he doesn't do exactly what Keegan is, we might be down on him. But we need to realize... What Keegan did was, like, a generational, like, all-time Iowa basketball great single-season performance, so we can't, like, it would be awesome if Chris was at that level, but we can't use that as the bar to judge him because it's just not fair to Chris. Like, he can have an incredible season in his own right and still not be anywhere, like, close to as good as what Keegan was, so I think that's going to be, like, something that we're just going to have to be mindful of as next basketball season goes. Yeah, if you your expectations for Chris are to be Keegan, that is on you. I mean, like, that's just not fair. You're just setting the kid up for failure and to hate him, which I think a lot of Iowa fans do that anyway just because they like to feel something. But, yeah, it's not uh, fair at all. Be, I'm sure there will be some other person on the roster that will catch a lot more hate than Chris will. Yeah. Uh, either one of the McCaffreys, I'm sure. People oh. really love to bag on those two. That's already happened. For a while, yeah. But uh, who do we out? We lost uh, in the transfer portal, Joe T, right? And then who else did we lose? Well, almost lost Big Jelly, but he came back. That was yeah. Huge, yeah. <laughs> that was huge. And uh, Austin Ash also left. Not okay, that's wild. I thought he was just done. Like, did he go to like a military school or something? I I don't know. Uh, he did. Did he? The Citadel. Yeah, Citadel. The Citadel. Isn't that like a military no. school? No. I don't think so. What? <laughs> Hold on, let me do yeah. search. Yeah, but I, other than that, I think Joe oh. T was the only... I forgot about Harrison Barnes on the Kings. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I, uh, well, he got that I, bag. I he got that bag after they uh, the Warriors won the championship that year. But... Uh, yeah, Military College of the South. The Citadel. Hmm. Oh, yeah. See, I said that. The Citadel. Um, But, yeah. yeah. But you... you... <laughs> That's not what I was proving. The Military College of the South part is the part I was researching. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. He's gone. He'll probably actually – he probably averaged at least double figures down there, I'd imagine, just because he's going to hike up shots all the time. It's going to be paradise for him. That but pretty shot. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple other basketball notes here. I got – we got that four-star power forward Cooper Cook or Cock. I don't know. It's K-O-C-H. I hate that last name. I think it's pronounced Coke. Coach? No way. I think it is. Koch? I think it's couch. couch. Jenny's feeding in here. She says Koch. I think it's I Couch. I think, it's I think his dad you know used to play for Iowa. So I don't know. Cock. Yeah, until, but he's a f- until Until factually informed, we're going with Cock. That's fair. All right. I like it. Cock power. Cock power. Yeah, but four stars, so that's good. A solid big coming in. Like you said, we got a Gundelay back, which up until the Purdue game in the Big Ten Championship last year, he had literally never shown anything. Uh, electric. <laughs> it was electric, that that game for him. But uh, and Riley Mulvey, he played a little bit in the Big Ten, in the first half of the Big Ten Championship. But our bigs, I think, are still going to be struggling a little bit this year. It's going to be... I- what was that? I've heard a lot of good things about Riley Mulvey. So have I, but uh, d- 
did he take a really bad three pointer in the Big Ten championship game, yeah. or am I my my imagining that? No, he he de- absolutely did. I remember that. He was at the top of the key. Yeah, yeah. absolutely no right shooting it. <laughs> oh, I think Big Jelly airballed a J two in that game, didn't he? <laughs> a wide open free throw line From, jumper, like, right elbow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be we're I, we're gonna be very Chris heavy and Peyton Sanford heavy next year are gonna be the two that are gonna have to be pretty good for us to to go places. Um, and then there's a little there was movement in the coaching staff as well. Longtime coach Kirk Spurrow, uh stepped down, pour one out, and then the shot uh, doctor. Yeah, and I mean people loved Kirk so. And, How's uh, that a? Uh... When I was still in college, I was at a basketball game, and it was, like, during pregame warm-ups or whatever, and he came over um, to, like, the student section, and he just started, like, <laughs> he was talking to, like, some of the people that were in the front row, and he was he was basically like, if we go to, like, Indiana or Illinois, their student section is full an hour and a half before tip-off. There's, like, 50 fucking people here. What the hell is up with that? <laughs> He's got a point. He has got a point. But, yeah, so he's out, and uh, they brought in somebody I've been banging the drum for for a long time because Matt Gatons joining the staff. That's big. I love that. How do you guys feel? Yeah, I mean, how do you not like a former player like coming back to coach, especially as one as well-liked as him? And He's had, like, coaching experience who he was on the drake staff last year and before that he was on another team staff he he was a grad assistant at auburn when they made the final four right yeah and then so that's good and then also um like drake was one of the big players that that are trying to recruit price sanford and like he's looking like he's going to be an absolute stud too and I think that Iowa's got to have the inside track with him, being that his brother already plays for us. But then, like, when you throw into consideration one of the coaches that was, like, most heavily recruiting him, like, for a different spot now comes over to the Iowa staff, I think that's going to help us out there tremendously as well because he looks like he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, he does. What's his star? He's a four, right, Price? Yes. Yep. And then – uh we also have Jack McCaffrey coming up here shortly, 2025. That recruiting trail is going to heat up. Um, I I mean, he's just going to come to Iowa. As long as Fran is still coaching at Iowa, he's going to come to Iowa. Yeah, I know. But I, do you think anybody else even throws an offer at him? I'm sure you send a letter just because, but, like, there's no way he doesn't. Because that video the other day of him in the AAU tournament popping shots – his shot, like I told you guys, his shot looked so much more smooth than uh, Patrick or Connors. Really? Because I saw it, and I saw a lot of Patrick in his shot, like the whole like trail arm going off to the side when he shoot when he follows through. Sure, I saw a little of it, but like it's much more fluid. Whereas Patrick's is, I would say, kind of a jumpy form. Well, no shit, it's jumpy. It's a jumper, <laughs> but I mean, like his arms, his motion that way. So, um, other than that. Oh, I did. Uh, I was playing Duke. Oh this yeah, year. that's cool. I was non-con this year is actually legit. Uh, I th- was looking at it, and they have like a minimum of six games against Power Five opponents in their non-conference this year, 
So, like, for everybody that's always beating the drum that Iowa doesn't play a good non-conference and they complain about that, they won't have that uh, to, like, go to this year because we're playing a good fucking schedule. Yeah, talk to us when we're two and four. (laughs) Uh, Who else is in our non-conference? Iowa State, like usual. Um, Do we play Seton Hall? Yeah, we're playing Seton Hall in the Gavit games. Who's our Big Ten ACC? Is that Georgia Tech? Clemson, I believe. No, we We... play them in the preseason tournament, uh, the one we're going to over Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think it is Georgia Tech. Okay. Unsure. Let me me pull it up here. We play two ACC teams for sure. Actually, Um, yeah. We got the Bethune Cookman, and then we got the the Gavit Games. Uh the Emerald Classic, which is where we go down and play Clemson and like some of the other teams there. Um, Georgia Tech, Duke, Iowa State, and I thought we added one more, but I might be wrong in thinking that. But no, it should be a good, a good non-conference. Nothing should hurt us in that. I know like Duke doesn't have Coach K or Paolo Banchero, anybody like that, but. They'll still, um, be it's, yeah, it's They'll still be good. Yeah, I mean, rarely. I don't know if they've missed the NCAA tournament since I've been alive. I'm not sure about that. I know Kentucky has, but not Duke. Um, All right. Do we have any more basketball notes we want to touch on? Um, Travis Scott put Caitlin Clark on his Instagram story for some reason. Yeah, that did. was there no contacts behind that? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I don't think so. He just posted a baller. Huh. All right. Well, uh, Well, I guess um, also the uh, Ava Jones, is that her name? Yeah. I was, the, uh, I, that women's basketball recruit. That's a, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to offer on that outside of it's just a tragic story. Hopefully her and her mother can recover, but yeah. sad. If you don't know anything about that, I think she's a four-star recruit for the women's basketball team, and her family was at an AAU tournament, like, somewhere in the southeast, right? Louisville, I believe. Yeah, and, okay, from what I understand, they were walking and got hit by a car, or were they just hit by a car, like, in a, in a car? They were pedestrians, and they got hit by a car. And then their father has since passed away, they, and everybody was in the ICU for a long time. But now Ava and her mother are both out and considered in stable condition. So that's good news. But just a terrible situation there. Um, yeah. I. What The guy, wasn't the guy high or something, they said? I don't really know enough about it to speculate on it outside of just saying that it's really sad for everybody involved. Yeah. But, alrighty. So, coming up here in a bit, we're going to have a draft of people we wish we're still alive um but first we're gonna get to football here right now because it is that time of the season uh and the big news okay so initially the big news was going to be we got the biggest recruit in the history of iowa football caden proctor to commit to iowa and then literally like an hour and a half later kevin warren usc and ucla were like fuck that noise (laughs) and uh just completely through the football world the athletic college athletics world for a loop. So USC UCLA are joining the big 10 in 2024. So right. 2024 or 2023, 2024. 
That's, yeah. That'll be their first season of competition. All right. So that changes everything because there's rumors of Washington and Oregon. Well, Washington and Oregon, I guess, did put in applications, but the Big Ten put that on hold because, of course, we're going to wait for Notre Dame. However, are we really going to make USC and UCLA fly all the way across the country every week in the fall? Hey, they came yes. crawling. Yes. Ab- what do you mean, are we going to no. make them? Like, they're not going to relocate their schools to the Midwest. They're the ones that wanted to be in like they understood what was going on. We're to the day and age in college football right now where it's you need to make some moves or you're going to be left behind, and that's what USC and UCLA did. It's going to suck absolute dick for their players to have to travel that often. Like, I'd imagine that their schedules are going to be a lot of, like, two home, two away, and they might play, like, two away games in the same location, so maybe they just won't travel back. Or they might get some t- like get creative like that just because they'll be traveling so much further. But, like, it's absolutely good news for the Big Ten. Like, you're – football and basketball, I mean, you can add in other – like, some of the non-revenue sports as well. But, like, USC is one of the biggest brands in college football, even though they haven't been, like, as good recently. UCLA – one of the biggest brands in college basketball like um there's there's nothing but positives that are coming out of those two programs joining the big 10 and honestly at this point it just kind of feels like the big 10 and the sec for what it's worth are not done expanding it feels like both of those leagues are going to get to like 20 teams and then it's just going to be those two and everybody else that seems that feels like what what's what we're headed for i i I don't know what to think here because I, as much, everybody loves the chaos and shit like that. And it is great that USC and UCLA are coming. I just don't know how they work, work this out though. Okay. Cause say like big 10 and sec go to 20. Do they completely remake the college football playoff and then do like the big 12 and pac 12 still like, does the big 12 and pac 12 champions say they go undefeated? Do they still get a chance? I don't think the Big 12 and the Pac-12 still exist in a scenario when the Big 10 and the SEC are both at 20 teams. There aren't enough big brands in college football, or even if they do exist, they'll be too insignificant to matter at that point in time. That's why USC and UCLA made this move. They could see the writing on the wall for the Pac-12 and the Big 12, so they made a move to get into a conference to the Big 10 that they knew wasn't going anywhere. And right after that, we heard Oregon and Washington wanted to get into it. Everybody that isn't in the Big Ten or the SEC right now is kind of on the outside looking in. And schedules for those teams, especially West Coast teams, it's going to be a lot more difficult with all that travel. But that's more of a them problem than an us problem. We'll have to travel there once every two years, or maybe once a year if we play USC one year, USC UCLA the other year. They're gonna to figure out their travel logistics will be their problem. It's not so much an us problem. It, it's a them problem. But they knew that they had to make that move, and I'm excited about it because for one, it just gives us like an extra um, like road trip to take for an away game, and we'll get some like. Like, you think, oh, Big Ten football's done for the day? Nope, you got a 6 o'clock their time kick out on the West Coast. You get a late-night Big Ten football game going. I'm excited about every aspect of this. And I'm 
I'm super excited about it too. I know some of the traditionalists are like, oh, it's going to ruin the rivalry thing, whatever, blah, blah. I don't care if we don't have to play Northwestern Purdue every year. Yeah. I would actually I would prefer much, to not play I would, yeah. most teams I would every much, year. Yeah. I would much rather get our ass kicked by USC than Purdue every year. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay, let's say, because we're at 16 right now, say the Big Ten does add four more. Who are they? Notre Dame is number one on the list. And then I think you just try and get a couple more West Coast teams, probably. My guess would be Washington and or Oregon. Yeah. I mean, those seem like the obvious ones. Because, like, from the Big Ten standpoint, yeah, like, more teams, more revenue, stuff like that. But, like, they're also looking, like, for expansion to get into new markets as well. They've got the whole Midwest completely saturated with their teams. And there aren't really any big fish to catch out on the East Coast. And besides that, the ACC has their media rights locked up through like 2036 or something stupid like that. So really the only logical like expansion teams are going to be Notre Dame because they're like independent, one of the biggest brands in college football, but then moving west to get into more markets. So like maybe a Colorado to get into the Denver market and then like an Oregon or a Washington to get into like that market up there. But I think Westward is where you're going to see the most expansion from the big 10 moving forward. I, uh, I, I heard some stuff about uh, Stanford as well as a possibility. If we get Notre Dame, they'd pair it with Stanford, which I mean, they're all right sporting programs, but uh, they would certainly boost the brains of the conference. Not that we're we're a very intelligent conference, but that would like elevate say, us to not, a different we're level. The, we're not the SEC. Yeah, no kidding. We're not kidding. the Alabama to the world. Uh, do you, act, well, not that I really care about our academics that much anyway, but we are. You know, I mean, we're not we're not the dum dums of the world. Do we feel bad for? Nope. No. 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 Hear me out. For the f- fans of like the like picture Utah out there, f- f- I I do feel bad. The only I, people I feel bad for are like the athletes, the the student athletes who like so like some of the you know we play whatever teams every. We're, I'm assuming the non conference once the conferences get this big is is be, gonna become non existent. So the, the the only people I feel bad for are the guys that aren't good enough to get into the Big Ten or the SEC that won't be able to you know come to Iowa City and play or go to Columbus and play a game mm-hmm. ever. That's the only, that's the only thing I I don't really love about it. Really though, like picture us like if Iowa was in Utah's position. Yeah, and it would we, suck. Yeah, like as fans, we would be devastated. Yeah, no, it would suck. I'll agree with that, but we're not. And with the current <laughs> like, suck I'm just, it. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not I don't even mean it that way with like the way things are moving in college sports right now, like the teams that are not in right now, it is on like the administrators and the athletic directors at those schools to secure their spot at the table during this expansion. So like I get that some teams will be left behind and it'll suck for them. But like if your fan base is passionate enough, you need to start, like, talking to your school, like, getting the word, like, you need to be proactive about making sure that doesn't happen to you. So the teams that do get left behind, I won't feel that bad for them, because at the end of the day, they just didn't make the moves that they needed to. It is... I also wouldn't be totally shocked, 
once we do have the super conferences, the, the playoffs going to get much larger. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't be shocked if some of those conferences like got a team or two in it. So, I mean, it'll be more of the like I, AFC and NFC in the NFL. Probably. Right. And yeah, also, I, mean, I, would once, also, I was just going to say, like, once the Big Ten officially adds USC and UCLA, they're going to get rid of divisions or so, like, there won't be an East-West or anything like that anymore. So it probably, like, yeah, it'll probably be pretty similar to the NFL playoffs where you just take, like, teams with the top four records and then they each play, you know. It'll be something more like that. The, the real the real winners here are the dog shit teams like Rutgers in Maryland and Vanderbilt. Well, not Vanderbilt, but Rutgers in Maryland that got in the Big Ten when they did. They got in at such the perfect time for them because at that point in time, the Big Ten wanted to expand, but they weren't doing it just for competitive reasons. It was because they wanted to get into that East Coast market, and that just fell into Rutgers and Maryland's lap. If, like, Rutgers and Maryland were trying to get in in today's landscape, they would get laughed away by the Big Ten, the SEC, like anybody. They got so lucky with when the Big Ten expanded to get them in, but, like, now they're set. Like, they're not going to get kicked out of the conference, so they get to sit back and just enjoy it. Hell, even Nebraska. Look at at how Nebraska's fallen off in the last 10 years. If they didn't get in the Big Ten when they did and they were still in the Big 12, they may be from the outside looking in. Uh, they I don't know. They're still they're one of the big biggest brand. brands. Yeah, they're which I, I sucks. Mean, but I don't know. A three and nine team last year is not too appealing oh, to anybody. Oh, Joey, 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 the best three win team in college football history. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but another idea to toss out there. I don't think it's gonna happen. How do we feel about relegation? I was just thinking about the that. The bottom two be... teams in the power comp, they're in the super conferences every year, get dropped out, and you give, like, the team, like, say Oklahoma State and Baylor don't get it, which they probably will. Maybe but... go, like, go, like, four conferences, four major conferences. The Big Ten and the SEC are the big two. And then you got, I don't know, whatever, say East and West in, like, the minor leagues, we'll call it. <laughs> and, yeah, you, two teams – Go up, two teams go down each year. That would be an absolute electric factory, but it will literally never happen. No. Because there is not a goddamn <laughs> chance in the world Rutgers and Maryland football are signing on to being like, hey, if you finish bottom two in the Big Ten, you're getting kicked out next season. Like, there's no fucking way you're getting, like, the Ohio States and Michigans of the world, like, of the Big Ten, they wouldn't give a shit less because they're never, like, even on their down years, they're not down bad enough to be, like, bottom two in the Big Ten. But you, there's not a chance in the world that you'd get a consensus from every team in the conference to do that because they get so much guaranteed money through their TV revenue right now that they don't have to be good, and the Big Ten still pays them, like, $50 million a year just from, like, TV. So I think it would be awesome. Fans would enjoy it. It would make everything so much more intense but it's never going to happen realistically. And one of the funniest things to come of this, in my opinion, and it's super petty of me, is uh, Iowa State's situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they were good for or bad for their whole program's history until five years ago. I wouldn't then... even I wouldn't venture to say that they've been good in the recent past. They won a new year. No, did they win? They, they beat Oregon 
in okay, COVID so year. They COVID won a year. New Year's Six Bowl in a fucking COVID year against a team that got put in because the team that should have been there COVIDed out. And then they've, since then, still shit the bed. Like, I would not say that they have been average, which is considerably better than they've been for the entire history of their football program. They have not been good. They returned like 19 of 22 starters last year and won seven games. Like, they kind of are what they are. They are better than they have been. I'm not willing to say that they are good. And they don't have the brand or the history to to pull catch on to one of the super conferences either. They just no. don't. No. no, They don't, and, like, Iowa is a pretty small market. Like, and Iowa fans specifically way outnumber Iowa State fans in there. You're not like they're not going to really bring anything in terms of like TV viewing or revenue. Like it's not going to be a significant enough boost that like the Big Ten would let them in as that being a factor. So yeah, it is funny. It's petty. I don't care. Fuck them. Yep. There we go. It's a it's a situation. I don't know. It this hasn't really ever been it, happened in, on this scale. You know. No, it's very exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, I was listening to Andy Staples on Pardon My Take the other day, and they were talking to him about uh, expansion and everything, and he said something that I thought was really interesting, too. Like, after the USC and UCLA move, people were asking him, you know, what's the next shoe to fall? Who's going to be the next big move? And he's like, people don't realize how many of, like, the decision makers in these big conferences or, like, the teams that could make a move are just on their summer vacations right now or away from work. He's like, don't underestimate that as being a factor as to why, like, some more things haven't happened. So, like, it could be a year or it could be next week, but it sounds like there's still going to be some major shakeups happening. And I think it was actually about a year ago we recorded a podcast because that's when Texas and Oklahoma announced, and we all said some teams we would like to see join the Big Ten. I think USC was on a couple of ours, probably. I would oh, yeah, imagine. I yeah. But, um, you know, it's funny, too. At that point in time, like, everybody in the college sports world was, like, losing their minds. Like, this is totally going to ruin college sports. Like, it'll never be the same, blah, blah, blah. Everybody was losing their minds. And... Like, fast forward a year to when USC and UCLA made that, like, made their announcement, and people didn't really give a shit anymore that Oklahoma and Texas were moving to the SEC. Everybody was just like, okay, well, it's happening. Like, it wasn't a big deal anymore. So, like, obviously, I think bigger picture, there's, there's, I think there's going to be more movement throughout all of college sports right now, but give it a year, give it two years and everything that's happening right now is going to feel pretty normal anyway. So like the people that are like, this is going to ruin college football and blah, 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 whatever. Like, no, it's not. You're still going to watch. I guarantee it. Like they're still going to play the games. It'll be on TV. Like the money is going to be different. The conferences are going to be different. The sport isn't going to change that much. People will get over it and it'll just be the new normal. It is going to be wild, though, seeing USC make trips to the Midwest in November. 
Yeah. Like that's. Do you think USC is going to want to play an 11 o'clock kickoff at Ryan Field in Northwestern in the middle of November when it's fucking 15 degrees and sleeting? Oh, that's going to be hot. I will pick. <laughs> oh, I'll take Northwestern on that game all day, all day. Um, oh, where are we at here? But yeah, I think that's all we had for our alignment talk. Correct. Any other final notes? No, I don't really have anything else. No. Give me outside of Notre Dame. What's the team you want to see? One team in the Big Ten. Um, I I don't know. Oregon. They're kind of fun. Yeah, that's that's mine too. That's um, most exciting brand at least. I think I'm going to say Colorado just so we can get – that would be a fun trip. That would be a fun trip. That would be a fun yeah. trip. Um, maybe like Arizona State. Yeah. I think their hockey is already in the Big Ten, if really? I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I have no idea. So, all right. A couple other football notes here before we get to our draft. Like I said earlier, Iowa got the biggest recruit in the history of the program, Caden Proctor, five-star, number 10 a player overall, and number one offensive lineman in the country. And uh, that just kind of highlighted a terrific month of June for us because we got, in that month, we got Proctor, four-star offensive lineman Trevor Lauk, uh, four-star running back out of Florida, Kendrick Raphael, probably my favorite name on the roster coming in. Uh, We got three-star defensive back Khalil Tate out of Illinois, and we got three-star edge rusher Kenneth Merriweather, all in the month of June. So, um. Yeah, Iowa recruiting uh, is – they're recruiting at a higher level within these last two years than they have basically ever under Kirk Ferentz. Um, I think last year's class was the first time Iowa had a top 30 national recruiting class in like a decade. And then they followed that up immediately with the 2023 class, which is – at this point in time, the number 16 class nationally, and they're still adding to it. So, like, we know what Iowa does with the undervalued, underappreciated recruits, like the two stars, the three, the low three stars of the world, and turns them into stars. If Iowa can consistently be getting, like, top 20, top 25 recruiting classes with the way that they like condition their players with the way that they coach them up like the future is looking very bright for Iowa football minus the fact that Brian Ferentz is our offensive coordinator which don't get me started on that because I've seen a bunch of uh reports from like Chad Leistakow and those guys David Eicholt saying that uh Petrus is excited because Brian is very focused this year and stuff like that Uh, I really don't want to hear that so, I just want to hear I mean, Brian sucks balls. That's what, yeah, I mean, we like to think negatively of him because he hasn't really shown us anything. So, like, that. that's one piece of, that's like the idiot fan in the back of our head speaking. But realistically, we should want them to be saying things. It'd be, it'd be a lot different if they were, like, making reports that said Brian Farron seems to be overwhelmed in his role as quarterbacks coach and offense coordinator. Like, I get that we don't really like the guy, but, it, like, at least he is try. It sounds like he's, like, intensely focused in trying to figure out the best product for Iowa football. Like, we should at least want to be hearing that, whether or not we like him or not. It Like, it, there could be a lot worse news regarding him. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like then, Spencer Peters was invited to the main Manning camp, and then there was the video of him throwing it seventy yards in the air, and I'm like, oh, my God, he can do it. He can do it. Spend- we just <clears throat> what was that? Spend some time with the sheriff. Look what happens. We'll have to start calling him deputy. Deputy uh, Petrus. DP. <laughs> uh, but, like, we know he can throw it that far. Like, and... I don't think, like, the cannon for an arm has never been the problem. It's been, like... I think it's a confidence thing. Yeah, it's a confidence thing and, like, a a progression thing. Like, we've always known that he's got a huge arm, but it's, like, accuracy on his throws, like making good decisions, actually taking the shots, which has been the bigger problem for him. That's yeah, what he needs to be better at. But the, I don't know how it happened, but, okay, so we all know Tyrone Tracy went to Purdue from Iowa this season. Criminally underused in his time at Iowa. Fair to say that. Charlie Jones had a fairly exceptional year, I thought, last year at Iowa. Yeah. And he went to Purdue as well. I don't really understand that. Uh, I mean, he was really only highlighted at Iowa as a return specialist. And if he wants to play in the NFL, he needs to prove that he could be more than just that. Like, outside of Devin Hester, how many people have made a career in the NFL just being a returner? So he went to an offense where he feels like he's going to be better utilized as a receiver And, I mean, it's hard to blame him for doing that. Like, you look at what Purdue and the receivers do against Iowa every single year that we play them compared to what Iowa just does on a weekly basis. And, like, it sucks because he was going to be an important part of the team. But, like, I can absolutely understand him wanting to make that change to try and prove himself as a receiver to try and bump some NFL stock for himself. The way that whole thing played out, though, he was saying he was thinking about coming back and then he did say he was coming back to Iowa and then he decommitted. It's just a yeah, weird was, the whole way. That was odd. He's like, I feel like everybody knew that Tyrone Tracy was going to leave because why wouldn't he after yep. being the guy going into the season and then just not being used at all. But yeah, I think Tyrone Tracy or not, uh, um, Charlie, Charlie Jones, Jones was much bigger of a shock. Yeah. I mean the best recruiting tool Purdue could ever use to get guys from Iowa just to come here and play us. <laughs> Literally. Just show them David Bell's career highlights against Iowa. All right. So here's what uh, over under combined total yards and touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> Say a high number. <laughs> two, 299 and a half and two and a half combined against Iowa. Give me the over. And I'm both? Telling, yeah. And until I'm proven wrong, like even last year we knew that David Bell was going to be the fucking guy. We had an entire year to game plan to stop that motherfucker and it didn't make a difference. Jeff Brom just for Phil Parker is like one of the, the most underrated defensive coordinator in the country, like one of the very best and probably the best defensive backs coach in the entire country. And for whatever fucking reason, Jeff Brom just absolutely shreds us with his receiver. So until I'm proven wrong that they're not going to just keep going off against us, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over because history has shown that that's what's gonna keep happening. Uh, yeah. I I mean, 
I, I said total touchdowns, so that counts for punt return and like end arounds and stuff because both those boys can move. They're very good football players, and I do. I don't blame Tyrone Tracy at all. I mean, like he had for three years, I think it was. He came into camp with like pretty high expectations, and we just never gave him the ball. But um, if there was ever a season for Iowa to lose their top two receivers, it was this season because we still have Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce sitting there. So we still yeah. have. And Sam Laporta at tight end. Like, we're fine. We're They'll very right. fine at our skill positions. And our running backs. Whoa. They got me licking my chops. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, bowl game, that bowl game had me feeling a way about the future of the running back position at Iowa. Especially when you couple that, like, losing Linderbaum is an enormous hole in that offensive line. But also, like, if you look at it from a different perspective, half of our starters on the offensive line last year were, like, sophomores or freshmen. So now they had an entire off season to hit the weight room even more, to learn the playbook even better. So like, I as a a big part of the Iowa's running game not being that good last year was it was just a young, unexperienced offensive line that wasn't particularly good for long stretches of the season. I think they're going to be considerably better. And then, like, it seems like the type of running that both of the Williams do is much more like get the ball, go downhill, and I, don't get me wrong, I loved Tyler Goodson, but he was kind of more of a Le'Veon Bell type where he kind of danced around, tried to wait for a hole. And I think that the Iowa running game is more meant for just kind of get down the field. So, And they showed a lot of that against Kentucky during the Citrus Bowl. So I'm pretty excited about what our running game can be this year. Yeah, uh, I'm very, I am very. love our team. I think, I think we still have a very good football team. Uh, yeah. It again all comes down to what do we do with the throwing game? Um, yeah, I people forget. Even I sort of forget that we were ranked number two in the country last yeah. year for a very brief period <laughs> of time. We, but did we deserve to be ranked number two based not. on how we'd played? No, but, we but were. based on how every other team had played so far that year, like it was the old, like we had to be ranked where we were. So they can't take that away from us. I mean, we were still ranked in the final coaches well, poll, like and. Our defense is going to be elite this year. Our secondary is going to be fucking awesome. And you're adding in uh, Xavier Nwamka back there. I think Cooper DeJean is going to see some significant playing time. Iowa football just released some new pictures of the team from like their summer workouts this year. He looked like he put on a shitload of muscle. He's going to be a stud. Then you add in the fact that we've got all three of our linebackers returning. Justin Jacobs and Jack Campbell are both going to be absolute maulers. Dogs. We only lost um, Van Valkenburg from the defensive line, but everybody else was young that was contributing last year. They're going to be good. Like Our offense realistically needs to score. If they put up like 24 points a game, that should be more than enough. So, yeah, our defense is going to be legit. And, and so it's basically kind of the same thing this year as it was last year. Can the offense do enough? Um, I I forgot one uh, recruit we got coming in that I forgot about. Aaron Graves was named the Max Prep Athlete of the Year. Uh, yeah, he just did. Defensive lineman. What's he, a four-star? Yeah, four-star, so, yep. And he's an Iowa-grown boy, so you love to see that. Uh, just adds to that 2023 class a lot more. Um, but football related, I don't think I have any other notes. Do you guys? I just had one more comment on the Proctor thing. Um, so we ended up getting him. Do you think we get him pre NIL? 
know. I don't think NIL had that big of a... Like, I don't think NIL had a big, like... It didn't have a significant impact on him coming here because after he committed to Iowa, he was saying how he had gotten, like, million dollars, half million dollar offers to go to other places. I think that that the fact that Xavier had committed to Iowa the season before played a big role in that. And I also just think that, like, recent Iowa football success... I. I think if he comes around in the state of Iowa 10 years ago, I don't think Iowa gets him. But I think we're in a much better place as a program right now than we have been. Like, we're putting ourselves into those good spots. And also just kind of as, like, a general note on, like, the state of high school football in Iowa, like, as a state as a whole – the state is starting to produce a lot more quality, like top tier nationally relevant talent than it has probably ever. And the fact that Iowa within the last two recruiting cycles was able to get like at that time in each of those classes, the highest rated football recruit ever out of the state of Iowa, I think speaks volumes to the recruiting effort that they're currently putting in at the moment. I mean, we beat Bama. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. that's here's, a fat dub. Here's my thought on that though. Like in the Bama's been doing shit like that for years paying kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I'm sure Iowa's been doing something. I don't know if it's ever been at the scale it is now. So my thought is an unintended consequence of the NIL was that every Bama was just going to give them way more money than anybody and they were all just going to go there. But now I mean, everybody now, can now everybody yeah. like whether or not you think your school or your donors have that much money, now he maybe got a similar offer from Iowa, so why not stay here? You know what I mean? That's Every school has rich donors. Every yeah. school has rich donors. Yeah, I never even – that's a good point, Joey. I never even thought of it that way. Like, yeah, and everybody – if you're paying players before, you had to be, like, sneaky under the table about it, make sure the NCAA doesn't find out. People are fucking saying whatever the hell they want now, like – I, was it uh, Ryan Day said like a couple months ago, it was either about like, uh, he's like, yeah, like top tier quarterbacks, like $8 million, but yeah. they're going for like best offensive linemen are going for a million dollars. Like he's coaches are just straight up saying it now. So it does kind of level the playing field to a certain extent because you don't have to pretend that you're not doing it anymore. You can just go out to your donors and be like, this quarterback, we need $7 million yeah. to get him to come to our school. Cause Who's like, going to pay for it? Because like, even even if like he took slightly less from Iowa, which I don't know, who, who knows the numbers, in the past, Iowa may have not offered him shit compared to Alabama, and he may have really wanted to go to Iowa, but you can't turn down that kind of money. Yeah. I I heard from somewhere that they offered him seven figures. I saw that they matched Bama's offer of seven figures in a car, but that was just from a no-namer on Twitter, I I think, who I saw it from. So it's probably true. The random boner <laughs> or something like on that. Twitter is correct, right? Yeah. Um, the other only other football note I have here was – I just want to touch on this quick because I hate him, PJ Fleck. Uh, he was exposed as being a a do like a a douchebag. Is that the right term? I don't know. I didn't look into that too much. I just yeah. I saw that. And I'm like nice, and then I stopped paying. Yeah, attention I didn't to really it. read that. Like I can look at the guy and know that he's a yeah. douche. So I didn't. I, think, I didn't have to read into I it a whole lot. Seeing him run on the field every weekend yeah. gives that away. 
Yeah, basically, oh, though... Oh, yeah, my team has to carry an ore, 17 flags, and a big fucking wrench to come out every week. To get stomped. <laughs> yeah, basically, it was, uh, if you didn't see it, this former player for Fleck on Twitter came out and said, like, he was he's not the person, he's basically not the person he's portrayed to be on the camera and all that other stuff. So, it was really nice to see, because everybody has uh, shit behind the curtain, you know? Could just be one disgruntled, a few yeah, disgruntled guys, that's, though. That's another reason that I didn't read into it like a lot is because like it could just literally be just like one disgruntled player that just like venting his frustrations on Twitter. Yeah, like, like an Akram Wadley type. Yeah, like one person's like Twitter post from their notes app isn't God's word when it comes to like how that program is actually run under PJ Fleck. <laughs> I do think that he's a douchebag, but like I'm not you know, taking that as, like, the end-all, be-all for, like, the culture of Minnesota football. All right. Um, so we're going to have I, – I asked David and Sean if they'd come on again in August, so that's going to be happening for our big football preview show. They said yes? Uh, well, David said yes. We haven't heard from Sean yet, so uh, I, maybe Sean's gone big time on us. I don't know. You, I'm just you know, he did uh, He did say he'd sub for our softball team, and he had never uh, subbed one, show up one time. Once. Did you ask him? I mean, he's he in, in, he's our, in the he group was in chat. The softball group chat. <laughs> we're, we're, we're looking for subs every week. Literally yeah. every single week. Oh, shot down. But uh, yeah. Well, d- speaking of softball, we uh, lost in heartbreaking fashion last week to end our season. Thir- final record. 13 like, to 3. Thir- 13 to 3. Our final out of the season was on a strikeout on a foul ball on the second strike. <laughs> So that was a pretty tough way to go down. Finished the season with a record of like 1 in 13. So. You know what? It wasn't the greatest, but we had fun. Sometimes. <laughs> Did you? Uh, uh, all right. So now we're going to get to our draft of uh, people that we wish were still alive. Oh, Joey's got a shit grin on I, his I face. Have a, I have a couple on mine, too. Oh, boy. Hey, oh, is it, okay, I didn't know it was just anybody. I thought it was just, like, famous. That could just be anybody. Yeah, it could okay. be anybody. What? Okay, well, no, so anybody that... Don't make it sappy, like. Yeah, no, I mean, because I just, oh my, my grandma, my well, grandma. Yeah, I, okay. Well, I think that goes without saying that, like, we we could all say that yes, we want our grandparents or like any relative or person that was close to us to still be alive. That goes without being said. Th- these are people that we had like, okay, a, not a personal relationship okay, so, or connection. So more or to. less celebrities, famous people. Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah. All right, so how are we figuring out uh, the, the order? Well, birthdays, Luke, Austin, me. Bless you, Jenny. Jenny, Joey says bless you. Thank you. She says thank you. Um, All right, so Luke, Austin, and Joey. So Snakecraft? Uh, yep. Yes, obviously we're not animals. Um, well, snake is an animal. That's yeah. true. Uh, this is a, I, First pick, I'm going to go Robin Williams. Oh, he was oh. on my. That's a good pick. He was, he he was a, towards the top of my list as well. I had him as an honorable mention. I mean, what's there not to love about the guy? You know, he was just a. He he seemed like a really good. Such guy. a good guy, hilarious, but like he also did stuff for like children. Like he was just an all around great guy. Yeah. Um, how many are we hey, doing? What's your three pick? or four? Oh, let's do four. Four. I got a yeah, lot. Right. What was all your right. favorite Robin Williams movie? Okay, I like this. Um. For some reason, one that sticks out in my head when I, we were younger was Flubber. 
just always Flubber. <laughs> Flubber was a good flick. Uh, I was a. I, this is gonna sound really childish, but I'm Aladdin. Him as ah. the genie is that's an all time role. That is a good. It's a good role. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mine is RV. Just because <laughs> shit scene. There's like some nostalgia for that because that movie was in our van's DVD player for like <laughs> two and a half years straight. That's funny. <laughs> all right, Din. All right. Uh, this one's kind of in the same vein as Robin Williams, but I'm going to go with Chris Farley. <clears throat> yep. I had him as a good pick. He, he's just like probably the greatest physical comedian of all time. Like you, you can't turn on anything that Chris Farley is in and not laugh about it. So like if we could have had more of that, I think everybody would sign up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I know what Joey's pick's going to be. I'm going to go with Juice World for my oh, first pick. Oh, wow. That's not what I thought it was going to be. Mean, that's a good pick. Uh, he's, yeah. uh, he was I on mean, my list. He was on I the even big board. He, he's far too young. Yeah. Um, just don't, made, don't do drugs, kids. Made incredible bangers. I don't even like rap music that much, but I actually like Juice World a lot. So that was yeah, really he unfortunate. He didn't miss. No, yeah. he, he, like, I don't know, all of his songs, like, so damn good. And, uh, yeah, he just had a lot more... A lot more to come. It's sad. Yeah. I was I cried. Teared up. Didn't cry. Twenty twenty, right? Big top man. That yeah, was one of the tough. shitty twenty twenty deaths. No, that was twenty nineteen. Oh, was right December. before it. Really? Yeah, that was right December before twenty nineteen. Right before the shitstorm. Yeah. Some people are saying that's what caused it. Uh, well. Others are saying okay. it was a person eating a bat. I don't know. One way or the other. Okay. <laughs> Coming in at number two. I got John Candy. Ah, that's who I pick thought your actor. pick was hey, going to be. Uh, I didn't actually put him on my list, but I thought of him. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he's he's in several of my favorite movies. My, um, um, God, now I can't think of the name of it, of course. Uncle Buck. That's got to be, that's easily one of my top three movies of all time. Very quotable. I mean, he's just a, I don't know what it is about his comedy, but he's I the, just. He's the polka king of the Midwest. Yeah, polka, polka, polka. <laughs> I just love him. <laughs> Back to you, Luke. No, no, it's Stin. Oh no, Stin. Sorry, you fucker. Um, okay, let's go with the uh, the man who will be running a 5K in memorial for <laughs> this it. coming August, Bob Saget. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I knew it. he was on my <laughs> he's on my honorable mention as well. Why are you laughing? Uh, just because we the 5K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the 5K that we're probably not going to run, that we say that we're going to run, that we made up in memorial of him. It's a pretty funny situation, but I mean, Full House is an all-time great show. America's Dead. Yeah. Solid. R.I.P. Bob. That's fresh, right? Like a year ago? Less than a year. Yeah. I think we talked about it. I think it was this year. Maybe last fall. It was not this year. It was not that long ago. Less than a year. All right. I can't believe my next pick got to me. Uh, Kobe Bryant, Kobe yeah, Bean. I I only didn't put him on here because I I knew somebody else would. Yeah, but he's on my honorables for sure. Yeah, same thing. I figured somebody else would take him. Yeah, I mean, love. I I cried that night he died watching ESPN and like all the people talk. Brutal. Yeah, brutal night. Crazy. I just remember sitting in the basement watching just like ESPN coverage of that for like a full day. That was easily like the biggest where were you death of my lifetime so far, I think. I mean, that's like all that was talked about on 
well, I watch a lot of sports, but that was all that was talked about on like all the sports channels, even like regular channels for like a week. Yeah. Mm, there's a couple I can think of off the top of my head, but I'll save them in case. But all right. Uh, oh, and then my other pick is Chadwick Bosman. So good pick. Black, Black Panther, Panther Jackie forever. Robinson. He played a lot of insane roles in his it, brief the, existence. Yeah. They were awesome roles. He played um, Jackie Robinson. Didn't he play some famous judge? He played Thurgood Marshall. He yeah, played the first uh, black judge on the Supreme who Court. Who was the, He played um, like the God, 70s Bonte musician. Oh, he, he, who was the, <laughs> the 70s musician? Bonte. He was in that movie. Oh, yeah. But I can't I, remember I, who was. It was. But, yeah. That sucks. Big Marvel guy. And who knows what's going to happen with that now, so. Um, Joey, or Stin, my bad. You two, apparently you guys don't know how a snake works, because both of you cocksuckers are trying to skip over me. (laughs) All right. uh, So, I just went with America's dad, so now I'm going to go with America's grandma, Betty White. Mm -hmm. I, I pondered Betty White, putting her on my list for a while, just because she was seemingly proving that invincibility was a thing. Yeah. Because she's been 99 for my whole life. <laughs> yeah. But I was checking out a high V like a couple of weeks after she passed away, and there was a mag- magazine article that said, How did she live to 100? Yeah, <laughs> no, like, it was oh, like People Magazine or whatever, like, did, like, they did, like, all these interviews with her in anticipation of her 100th birthday, and she died, like, two weeks shy of that. Yeah, quitter, quitter. Pretty sad. Pretty sad. Could you imagine living into 99, being like two weeks shy of your 100th birthday, and not making it to 100? I don't mm. think you care that much. Well, you're, you're, you're incapable of caring because you're yeah. dead. Yeah, <laughs> you're gone. As far as I know, nobody really knows, but... Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. I suppose. Whoa. <laughs> Can't prove it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey. Me. Me. I get to back. Yes. Oh, your last two. I got all my picks in. Um, so this one I'm going with a pretty important part of my childhood, Steve Irwin, Crocodile Hunter. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was when, when he died, I was looking up videos on YouTube trying to find that son of a bitch Ray that got him. And God. Anytime I the, see a stingray, it's from the top rope immediately. There's, there's just nothing to me more interesting than animals and people like doing shit with them. Like, I don't know if you guys seen this Coyote Peterson guy on oh, TikTok. Yeah, I, I watch him. every single one of his videos start to finish. There's also this, also this other guy who doesn't um, do anything with the animals, but he talks He's about talk- them a lot. I, yeah, I know. So informational. About, yeah. I love that, too. He talks about I, them in funny ways. Yeah. I do love that his son is starting. I've started seeing his son on TikTok Robert. more. He's basically his dad 2.0, so that's huge for us. Second then, pick? Um, Going to go with... Uh, Chucky Finster's mom. Mm, R.I.P. That was a uh, that scene when they were on the plane. It was in the movie. Yeah, what well, Rugrats go to Paris. And, uh, uh, it taught me the fragility of life at a very young age. Yeah. I mean, I I think I remember like what six year old me sitting there watching that, but like, damn. Yeah. Okay. This poor kid. That uh, that goes really well into what my final pick is. The most uh, I'd say heartbreaking death of my childhood mufasa yeah i'm you're telling you showed that to fucking kids are you shitting me 
That just is, getting trampled by a herd of wildebeests? Yeah. That was scarring as a child. Well, I mean, Sneaky, the whole entire movie of The Lion King is kind of just a, a fucking weird thing to be shown to kids. The whole circle of life yeah, thing. Yeah, that is true. It's kind of kind of sus. Also, one more comment about Chucky Finster's mom. People aren't talking about how she looks like Lois Griffin. <laughs> just saying. Okay. Um, so, I was since you guys went with movie characters i'm i'm gonna go with one as well except this is a real life like this is not an animated film i'm gonna go from um marley from marley and me oh that was a tough one yeah that was a bad a of, loss a lot of people cried over that one yeah oh, that was literally a t- tough movie that was the toughest ending oh, yeah. to a movie you knew what was coming yeah and you're still watching still it why am i doing this to myself fucking blubber in there oh, you got oh, wilson talking the whole time like this <laughs> marley marley wow, wow. <laughs> Oh no, we have to go put down Marley. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember. How does she die? Just old age? They put her down. <laughs> yeah, I know, but was she just old? I honestly don't remember how it happened. Might have been dog cancer. Dog cancer? Species. I don't know. Maybe we should make do a maybe we should do a 5k for that for the dog cancers. Yeah, it's it's not fresh enough. So we need yeah. a dog to get cancer for it to be on our minds. No, we'll we'll just think of a different, <laughs> oddly specific 5K. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, what? Just honorable mentions. Uh, where uh, should we start? So, right, I, wait. I, you, you have another one, don't you? No, no. I'm done. Luke, I got four. No, he oh. was one. And do you guys two. just want to rattle off yours quick? Wait. So your last one was honorable mention then? No. Luke no. went once. Luke had his first pick, then I had my first pick. Then you had two, okay. then I had mine. Then Luke had two, I had one. You had two, I had one. Luke had one. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, you went Marley. Duh, never mind. I was thinking the last one that was said was Austin's Mufasa. All right, so here were my, here's mine. Robin Williams, Kobe Bryant, Chadwick Bosman, and Marley from Marley and Me. Is it Bosman I think or Bozeman? It's Potato sure. Tomato, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I mean, we're talking about a dead guy. You can at least get his name right. Okay, mine are Juice World, John Candy, Steve Irwin, and Chucky Finster's mom. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, uh, mine were Chris Farley, Bob Saget, Betty White, and Mufasa. I think those are some solid lists. So I mean, when, you guys knocked out one, two, three, four, five. You guys knocked out five of my honorable mentions. Yeah, I only have well, two left in my list that didn't get so said. When we were talking, I don't. During the draft, there was a time. That got brought up, and I'm like, oh, there was a time period where, like, from 2005 to, like, or 2003 to 2010, like, a ton of people died, and none of them were named. Uh, like, usually and, does happen, you know. In the well, no, it was like, it was like Johnny Cash, Whitney Houston, George Steinbrenner, Michael Jackson. Uh, Prince died in the mid 2000 teens. I was kind of young to be too attached to any of those people. Yeah, didn't Prince die in Moline? Uh, yeah, he, his, his. I don't think he died there. His plane emergency crashed, and then I don't they think got it crashed. Or they not crashed, not crashed. It emergency landed, and then went back, and then he died up in the Twin Cities, I believe. Still, I might be wrong. I, 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 I no, I think he did die in the Quad Cities. Yeah. Well, so, uh, you guys got any honorable mentions? Boy. I got two of them. Me too. You, you go. You wanna just say I, all of them? I, yeah, I don't think. Either of mine will be on your list. Uh, one of my honorable mentions, um, just an all-time great guy from an all-time great movie, Caretaker. Oh, mm, God. Yeah, good one. one. Yeah. Good one. Uh, yeah, that's just a tragic death there. Um, and then 
going back into the real world, um, this one, an icon from uh, my favorite professional sports team, Mr. Cub himself, Ernie Banks. I actually okay. did think of one more, but it, oh, and it was pretty sappy. It's, it's Tyler Sash. I thought about him too. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah, based on the tone of the draft, I don't think it would have played. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joe, you got any? Yep. Uh, first, we got Harambe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised he was our, not mentioned. Our sweet prince. Sweet prince. R.I.P. Yeah. And then um, Santa Claus. I was uh, devastated the day I got the news. Oh. If there's yeah. any children listening, <laughs> if they're still listening, Santa's alive point. and well. You'll see him December twenty fourth. Anything about it? I just said the day I got the news. I didn't say anything else. We're talking about people being dead, so you just basically said Santa's dead. You think that's not going to be traumatic for some children? It's kind of traumatic for listening. me, honestly. We're sitting I, I, right I here. I told you, I was devastated the day I got the news. Uh, some, I mean, it, was, it is traumatic. It's a traumatic thing. That's why he's on my list. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're back. Uh, we'll do it occasionally and then try to do it weekly until once the season football season kicks off. But we're under two months away from the season starting. That's exciting. We got our big uh, preseason football show co- coming up. Holy Cross Days is coming up. Another vibrant day with Trent Betts, John Schroeder in the area. So maybe we do a live show with our favorite audience. Um, who knows? Who knows? Uh, it, it's great to be back. Uh, lots happening. Let's have a good summer, though. Finish it out strong and get ready for tailgating season. Go Hawks. Fuck the Brass.